that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. Gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. And one of the best things about doing this in the offseason is I feel like um, I, I, I'm trying to entertain the audience by filling you in on what's going on in the offseason because you don't give a shit. And that's the best part about it. You don't care. And so I get to fill you in and get your reaction on stuff. It's the best part about it. And hopefully somebody finds some humor in that. That would be great, right? Hey, I'm learning right along with no <laughs> one listening to this because anyone listening already knows. <laughs> right. So um let's so so let's um let's just recap. We don't need to talk about free agency anymore, really, because that's kind of like the the major part of it is over, but let's just kind of wrap the free agency discussion up in a nice little bow so what we have so far is um and if my number's wrong somebody out there i'm sure will hammer me for it but that's fine i don't really care so what we have is that andrew barry has signed now this is free agents and players that he's re-signed like ethan posick right pochich however you want to say it so including everything, he signed in the last two and a half weeks, he signed 17 players. When's the last time a general manager in the NFL has signed 17 free agents in a two-week free agency time period? Uh, well, I can't uh, answer that. I don't that's know. That's a fuckload is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm assuming you're making the point that it's rare, but I would ask you, Rico, um, I'm sh- this mean, is a franchise that's measured in its actions what would be the logic behind 17 free agents? I don't think any of us expected that many, right? Well, no. In fact, uh, in, in the, the point of, of pointing out the 17 players is that all anybody really cares about is talking about the Elijah Moore trade, the wide receiver from the Jets. That's all anybody fucking cares about. Never mind that we've dramatically upgraded our defensive line, that we have signed a really good free safety that we needed. Never mind any of that stuff. Never mind that they signed Ethan Posick, which is he's a top five center in the league, and they locked him up for several years. Never mind that. Never mind that the 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 heart and soul of their defense, Anthony Walker, is now coming back. And never mind that they have a great backup quarterback who fits perfectly within the offense that they want. Or never mind that too. All that matters. Nice. All that matters is that we got this fucking wide receiver from the Jets. That's all anybody cares about. Never mind any of the other stuff. That was the whole point of that. Well, didn't we talk about the Browns? Um well, the Browns have a tendency to splash 
in free agency. And yeah. anytime you make a trade and at that position, you know, even though he's, you know, he's not a, uh, uh, an A-list wide receiver, you know, it yeah, makes that still. Yeah. It makes that splash. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's what fans are going to be, you know, that's, what's going to resonate most with fans. But, you know, let me ask you this, and this isn't my thought. I was listening to some, some sports radio today, so I will borrow from that a little bit. But I thought it was a really good point that hadn't occurred to me. But it's twofold. So 17 free agents, that obviously means that the Browns were able to identify holes and weaknesses in their roster this offseason, and they set out to address them. And the way you address holes and weaknesses and needs in your roster through in, in the offseason is through either free agency, trades, or the draft. Well, now they've done two of those three, right? They have eight picks in the upcoming draft. They only have four next year. Anybody on this team that they draft or even some of these free agents that they signed even guys who are on the roster, it's going to be a highly competitive training camp for roster spots. So odds are they're not going to draft all eight of those picks this year. And it was brought to my attention on this radio show. And I think this is um, full credit. They were talking about this on RBS this morning. But um, I think the Browns are probably, I tend to agree with this take, that they're done. They added everything they were going to add through free agency and through um, and through trades that the draft is going to be best player available and they're going to trade back and accumulate picks for next year's draft because they only have four next year. So at every slot, they're going to trade back. They're only drafting for depth. They're only drafting best player available. They're probably going to get a running back. Um, you know, some positions that maybe weren't on our radar from the outset because they've basically filled them all. So, you know, I think it's kind of an interesting idea that because they have eight picks this year and only four next year, that this draft is not going to be about picking players. It's going to be about accumulating assets. What do you think of that, Rico? Uh, essentially, what what we're saying then is that Andrew Barry has pulled Kevin Stefanski into his office and said, okay, the table is set. The hay is in the barn. We've heard that saying before the hay is in the barn. The table is set. Everything. The, the dominoes are all set up for you. Now it's up to you. And our new $230 million quarterback to make it happen. There's nothing else I can do for you to set you up for success. It's up to you to take everything that I've given to you and to, and to make it work. So it's essentially, there is now zero excuse to succeed. And it's the eggs are all in Kevin Stefanski's basket, so to speak right now. And it's up to him to take all of those tools to make it work and if you right. can't that then nobody can complain to and about andrew barry not setting him up it's all going to be on him right now yeah i agree there's definitely an element of um you know should the browns falter there's no question that the you know the axe will fall first on kevin stefanski and secondly on andrew barry but i think that 
mission accomplished for filling the holes. Um, you kind of still didn't tell me what you thought of the idea that they're going to just simply accumulate draft assets. Do oh, you buy oh, that? Oh, uh, totally. There's no, there's, well, first there's, there's no room on the roster for eight draft picks. So they're absolutely going to trade some of those and don't be surprised. Well, you know what? They might, they have, well, they got a third, they got number 72 when they traded for Elijah Moore. So now I think they have two third round picks, right? Don't be surprised if they trade at least one. Yeah, they're going to trade at least one of their picks. They're going to. I I agree with everything that you're saying. There's no way there's room for eight picks. They need two or three, maybe four really good best player available for depth. Exactly what you said. The rest of them, they could trade for future assets. Totally agree with you. I didn't realize that next year they only have four draft picks. So, yeah, it seems like they're going to try to. um, Mm -hmm. And also, I think next year will be the season when they want to draft some players because some of these guys with higher tickets are going to be not with us anymore. You know, and Watson's contract, of course, will get fat again next season. So, um (laughs) don't don't be surprised if uh, I I mean, nobody said anything, but. Don't be surprised if Amari Cooper might be off the team faster than people think he's because of how giant his contract is. And well, I never expected. Listen, you know, I never expected him to be here. I mean, he was here. It was basically a two year thing anyway with him. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I don't expect any. Honestly, I'm in a place with really all sports, but especially football. I I only expect these guys to be here for three years. You know, the Jarvis Landry era was three seasons. I mean, Uh, (laughs) nice. Why are we so uh, burpy tonight? Because we're emotionally 13 and that's just what we do. Um, But yeah, I mean, the, the turnover in the roster, again, if you have the quarterback that you think you have, you can turn over the roster and it won't matter. Let's look at Kansas City. They turned they got rid of their best wide receiver and they won also won a Super Bowl with a seventh round draft pick at running back. So they turned over their roster and they still won because they have the guy where it matters. And if Cleveland has it where it matters, then they can turn their roster over every year and he will continue to make everybody around him better. That's what we're paying that not us, but that's what Mr. Haslam is paying him for. So isn't like, but isn't the fact that Andrew Barry had to do so much work in free agency, kind of an indictment of his draft history. Oh, totally. I think he, He's well, there's a couple things. A, he's recognizing his past draft history, and he's also he also knows that heads are on the chopping block and he's trying to CYA from a certain perspective. And I think that he did a pretty good job of that. I think he did a great job of covering his ass, and I think he did a good job of filling holes. I, I mean, mission accomplished. I, I can't, I personally, my limited battered Browns fan perspective. I have absolutely, I am satisfied. I'm completely satisfied with what he's done the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think as as I said last week. I mean, oh, gosh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, you know, 
oftentimes when you're a Browns fan and you're watching games, you have to come up with your own entertainment. So you might try to like burp the <laughs> alphabet, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to get through a Sunday. But, um, gosh, I mean, I just don't want to reiterate last week's episode was, which was just, you know, this has just been a very pragmatic. And of course, last week's episode predated the Elijah Moore trade, but you know, that, that was the big splash. I mean, otherwise a super pragmatic kind of just reasonable, um, off season. They, they didn't spend wildly. There were no outrageous contracts. I mean, yes, they filled, uh, you know, rational, they acted rationally in the positions they chose to fill and with whom, but they also did it in a way that none of the contracts are, are, you know, cap poison, right? They didn't outrageously break the bank for anybody. So again, it was just a very prudent measured approach to free agency with a little bit of spice kind of sprinkled in there at the end for fans that were salivating for it. But Elijah Moore could turn out to be a terrific addition. He makes a lot of sense for the Cleveland Browns right now. Right. So it's hard not to feel good about where they're at. Agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. So I think for all intents and purposes, that wraps up the free agency period, right? That puts a nice little bow on top of it. Um, speaking of heads on chopping blocks, you know, they had their, they, uh, their, the, the NFL owners are having their meeting this week, right? Um, they were, uh, and coaches are there and, you know, there's that video circulating of OBJ giving the Kevin Stefanski a hug and that's all kinds of news now, but they asked Jimmy Haslam in, in not so many words, if Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat this season. You want to hear what he said? Yeah, lay it on me, man. Okay, so he said, he said, and there's a lot that can be read into this because he's not very good at, he's not very good at at covering up his intent with his words. He's not, he's not savvy, he's not savvy enough to do that. So he he gives away his his feelings, in my opinion. So he said, I'm going to quote this. I don't want to say that with regard to Kevin Stefanski being on the hot seat. I don't want to say that, but I think that we have expectations to go to the playoffs, Haslam said at the NFL annual meetings. But I'm not going to say if we don't make it to the playoffs, X, Y, Z happens because that'll be the headline tomorrow. Listen, the AFC is tough. You've all been around. Our division is tough. The key phrase in there is, but I'm not going to say if we don't make the playoffs, X, Y, Z happens because that'll be the headline tomorrow. That that tells me what do you see how he has trouble covering up his intent? Because he's not saying I'm not going to say Kevin Stefanski's on the hot seat because we believe in him. He's saying I'm not saying he's on the hot seat because then it'll be headlines tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so essentially he's saying he's on the hot seat. Yeah. I mean, listen, Jimmy, I mean, we know this. I mean, fans know this, and I think he's smart enough to know. And we've seen Jimmy Haslam in action for a decade now. I mean, if Kevin Stefanski makes it through year four, he'll be the first, right? Um, and so it's it's uh, you know we know what's going on, and I you know he didn't need to spell it out. He didn't. He the reporters have to ask him to try to get him on exactly. record, and effectively he is on record now because his non-answer was one giant. They have to perform, or they're all getting fired. 
exactly that's that's exactly his his giant non-answer was actually a big giant answer yeah yeah <laughs> and um, they know that which is why they they did what they did in free agency it's why kevin stefanski went on a hey i've got a personality tour at the end of the season <laughs> they know it's been a shit show for two years they know the product has grossly underperformed they know fans have had enough and patience is thin. They know that patience is thin in the locker room and that guys like Miles Garrett are watching their career tick away and they should have been in the playoffs. Miles Garrett should have been in the playoffs the last three years. You know, and that's right where you would expect him to be in the heart of his career in the prime of his career. And instead, he's watching it on TV like you and I. So, you know, everybody knows this is an open secret that if they don't play well, People are getting fired. Exactly. Here's another thing that kind of uh, uh, here's another thing that kind of worried me about some about when they were interviewing Kevin Stefanski, and you know he's talking about you know Deshaun Watson will be so much more comfortable in the offense this year, and he's in year two, and all this other you know schmoozy kind of how great things are going to be kind of talk without him really saying anything because he never does, but. I thought about this and everybody who's not Kevin Stefanski, who's quoted sources, you know, people have sources that are in the organ in the building that say things that he won't say. Right. So the general consensus that everybody seems to agree on is that the offense is going to be really different this year. Are you getting that same sense that I'm getting? Let's start there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've heard it like in the media, but I don't know that I've actually heard Kevin Stefanski himself, you know, verbalize that. Am I wrong? They, no, you're absolutely correct. And here's, here's the, the cognitive dissonance that this is causing me because he, and, and why would he say anything about what the offense is going to look like this year or that right. it's going to be grossly different because then that's going to raise the exact question that I'm going to raise right now. Because if he comes up right out and says, oh yeah, the offense is going to be really different this year, then everybody else is going to be asking the question that I'm going to ask you right now, which is if the offense really is going to be as different as all of the media guys with sources are saying that it's going to be, then Deshaun Watson really isn't going to be comfortable in the offense this year because it's going to, he's going to once again for the second year in a row have to learn a brand new offense. And how comfortable is he really going to be? And how comfortable is the rest of the offense going to be when the rest of the offense also has to learn a brand new offense this year? Oh, and by the way, he, Kevin Stefanski, is on the hot seat and has to go to the playoffs with an offense that's learning a brand new offense this year. I'm surprised nobody else is raising this question. Yeah, it's because a really good point because basically what you're saying is you're going to take the core offensive players that are here and tell them, hey, all that shit we've been doing since 2018, you can forget it, <laughs> you know? And that's, well, I guess it wouldn't be 2018 for Kevin, but I, I was thinking more since Baker got here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so your entire offensive unit's going to learn something new. Quarterback's going to learn something new. You're going to have new players in there. But, I, you know, so unless Deshaun Watson is writing the offense, unless he's got so much input in it that it's going to play to, you know, his strengths in such a way that he can be comfortable immediately, 
you know? Uh, well, I'm just wondering, everybody's discussing how drastic the offense is going to change this year, but nobody is raising that question. Am I, am I just way off base here, or is that a, just something that nobody else is thinking about? No, I think it's a really good point. Um, I think other teams have done it, though. I mean, I think of how Baltimore flipped from Flacco to Lamar Jackson and were able just to completely change the way they do things to cater to Lamar Jackson's strengths, you know? And they did it pretty much overnight. I mean, Lamar was pretty much an instant, you know, sensation. I think he won the MVP like right out the bat, right? So, I mean, I think it can be done. I think they're just going to have to really kind of cater to what Deshaun Watson does best. I think that the question is, again, broken record, but Deshaun Watson looked like he had lead feet in the last six games of the season, which is not how he plays the game. He's very athletic, and uh, he didn't look like he had that athleticism and that springiness to his play. So hopefully, you know, he's hopefully he can be himself again. Um, I think, Rico, there may be something to the idea that they are going to do things radically different. I mean, look at the wide receiver room now. Look what they've added, okay? Look at the free agents. Look at the... Uh, the trade, look at the wide receiver room and look how different it looks from last year, right? So it tells you, the focus on it tells you, what was the name of the kid they got from Seattle? Was it Mark Marquise Mark, Godwin? Marquise, Marquise Godwin, I believe. Yep. Is so, I mean, they've added wide receiver talent, but it kind of tells you that they weren't happy with the wide receiver room, right? That they had last year. And how could they be? And I think they're going to run a lot of four wide this this season. I think they are going to pass the ball. And, um, you know, your Nick Chubb is going to be, you know, relegated to, uh, you know, hopefully fourth quarter work, right, At, with a lead. Um, so I think, I think you are going to see, I mean, and there's a reason why they've kind of focused on what they focused on offensively. I think you are going to see – a passing attack next year. I don't know. It just worries me that, I mean, you, I, the offense has the, the, the offense has to change because last year's offense was also the year before's offense, which is geared towards uh, a, a non Deshaun Watson style quarterback who Kevin Stefanski has to make look better than he really is. Yeah. And they don't have to do that anymore. So, I mean, it just really worries me that you have a new offense you have all these new guys that are going to have to learn what not, it would be hard enough for all of these new guys to learn an offense and a defense that existed last year. Right. Now you, you've got new guys and vets all trying to learn something brand new on both sides of the ball. Oh, and by again, and I said, like I said before, oh, and by the way, if you don't make the playoffs with all of this new learning that everybody has to do, your ass is fired. No pressure, right? Well, here's the thing is, you know, we, I think they had to play a Jacoby Brissett, you know, offense last year. I think well, totally. Sean Watson kind of inherited that. By the time he got back, it was far too late in the season for them to change things up. So, you know, that's the past. <laughs> I think they had a, uh, an easy, excuse me, I think they had an easy schedule opening the year last year and dropped the ball, but here's the good news. Next year's schedule, at least on paper, looks really favorable. Looks like it's set up for them to win some games. You possibly have Lamar Jackson leaving the division. 
that helps. Um, you know, I think the Steelers will be tough, but I think you can get a split with them. You you might be able to sweep or get a split with Baltimore now. Uh, the Bengals are going to be really, really tough. But, you know, if you can play well in the AFC North and if the rest of the schedule looks favorable, um, you know, games were close last year in spite of the fact that, you know, that things weren't ideal. And sure. I do think have, have they done enough between Jim Schwartz, between Bubba, between free agency, Elijah Moore addressing the defensive line, have they done enough to close some of those gaps or those close games, those close, close games that were just a play or two away from going the other direction for the Browns last year with Deshaun Watson, with the full season, no suspension, no lawsuits, no fucking, uh, you know, Carl Monday breathing down his neck. Right. I mean, is it possible that with a semi normal offseason and very low expectations number 21 in the power rankings that the browns can just maybe just have a low key kind of take care of business season like the covid year and you know not necessarily surprise some people but just i mean i really think they're a team that just with better coaching could have you know should should have had a winning record last year should have had a winning record the last two years let's be honest this is not a team that's that's bereft of talent. You know, this is a team that should have had a winning record the last two seasons. With all of this change, I still don't see a reason why they shouldn't win next year. They should certainly win enough. I don't know how it's defined, but they should win enough to save everyone's jobs next year. Unless Jimmy's holding them to an AFC championship appearance. But well, it I think if like they have a winning hold- record, they ought everybody ought to keep their jobs. It sounds like he's holding them to a playoff appearance. Is, I don't know if they can do like. that. He says they he expects them to go to the playoffs. So I think he's expecting a playoff berth. And if I don't not, know if they can do that. Well, then somebody might be looking for a job next year. I think that's I think that's I can't speak for Jimmy Haslam, but I, I think that's the wrong way of looking at things. I think there are degrees of success. And that you get in the trouble when you engage in black and white thinking. I think the Browns can have a very successful season next year and not make the playoffs. The AFC is stacked. Somebody with a franchise quarterback is going to be on the outside looking in next year. That's just the reality. Probably more than one. True. So that's there, just there's reality. More, there's more great quarterbacks than playoff spots. You're goddamn right. You're only going to get so many in there. So you can't look at things as like, it's got to be this or I'm firing everybody. There are degrees of success, you know, and if this team goes 10 and seven, 11 and six and misses the playoffs, I'll be goddamn if I'm going to fire everybody. (laughs) Well, I don't think, I don't think anybody wants anybody to get fired, but um, I think, uh, but you're insinuating though, that if you read between if you read between the lines with Jimmy Haslam, that it's playoffs or heads are going to roll. And I think that's well, just you asinine. Know, you know what kind of itchy trigger finger he has. He has a history of it. You know that. But if they go right? out, if they go out and they play a really great, entertaining season, racking up lots of points, you know, you're talking about an explosive, modern NFL offense, racking up points. They're a fun team to watch. They've got swagger and missed the playoffs. I don't see any reason why anybody should lose their job. 
There's yeah, going I mean, to be I, teams. There's going to be good teams on the outside looking in. There's just too much in the AFC that, right now. Oh, I totally agree. I think it has to be. You can't just to 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 your point. You you can't. You can have expectations, sure, but you can't lay it out at the, with all these new guys and new defensive core. There's too there's too many variables right now to just lay it out. If you don't make the playoffs, you're going to get fired. I think there has to be like a case by case basis like this. You have to just let the season play out and then kind of just make your mind up afterwards and, and not, it and, and it not be so black and white. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you actually, that you have to just let it play out. And in retrospect, when the season's over with, then you go back. And if you didn't make the playoffs, how did how did missing the playoffs look? Did did you miss the playoffs and you looked like ass, or was just everybody else really great and you were great too? But it was just the numbers game. Yeah. But you have a lot to build on. I mean, yeah. we'll find out. We'll find out. I suppose. Rico, let's just dream a little bit here. Imagine the it. Cleveland Browns next year. Imagine how much fun Sundays would be. If they're if they're actually putting on the field a modern NFL offense where the ball is in the air, big plays are happening, big points are being put up, and you've got a quarterback capable of scoring at will in the fourth quarter, it'll be a blast, man. Oh, that would be superb. Just to just to, I'll tell you what, it, from cert, from certain point of view. My expectations for for this are kind of low, and so if I could just what ha, have a Sunday where I'm not pissed off at the end of the day, I'm good with that, dude. If I cr- could just have a Sunday where I'm not miserable, that would be awesome, dude. I would take that. You are preaching to the choir. <laughs> I could have Sundays where it's just fun, and I'm happy, and I'm high fiving, and I've got a nice like victory buzz going at four in yeah. the afternoon. And I'm like, I don't mind watching Sunday night football. And yeah, I feel I'm like I'm a re- part of the NFL. Yeah. Like I'm just sitting there and I'm relaxed. Like, like, like I, I have that weight. That's just that heaviness. The wet blankets, not there. I'm just enjoying my Sunday in yep. a nice, calm, relaxed fashion. I would take that. Oh, dude, we'd be texting up a storm being like, do you want to pod now? Let's do, <laughs> do it, it, man. Post game reaction right now. By the way, little teaser there. Are you know things with this particular podcast with regard to when the episodes are coming out? They come out on Saturdays now, but when we get closer to the season, things are going to change a little bit. And when we get a little closer to that, we'll get into a little more detail about that. But just want to throw that out there that things aren't going to be like this when we get into the season. It's going to be a little bit different, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, it'll it'll we'll, we're going to position ourselves to maximize and leverage the NFL schedule a little better. And so you'll uh you'll get some more of uh, emotional reaction to actual Sunday happenings. Yes, it's going to be hot off the presses damaged psyche Browns fan reaction. <laughs> so, hey, one more quick thing before we go. I know I mean, I, I I don't know, but I'm guessing that you're not exactly following the Lamar Jackson stuff. I know it's not really Browns related, but it kind of is indirectly. Are you, how much of that are you following? 
I mean, I think I'm following enough of it. I'm not like scrolling Twitter 24-7, but I'm aware of the fact that he made public when when Harbaugh came up to speak right at that moment. Great he, timing uh, on his part. He right? coincidentally tweeted out that, you know, he basically asked the team for a trade of about three weeks ago. Yeah, well, you know, and the team's not going to do that. That's what I wanted to ask you about because that's why nothing's happened. Be- and I'm sure that when he asked for a trade, it kind of got out. I'm sure Baltimore has been getting hammered with phone calls and everybody are, everybody's lowballing the Ravens because they know they have, they can, and the Ravens aren't moving a bit because he remember he signed the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means all the Ravens have to do is stick with that franchise tag. And if he signs someplace else, they get two first round draft picks. And I guarantee you as much as I know as the sun's going to rise tomorrow, that nobody is offering them even one first-round draft pick for Lamar Jackson, and maybe one at the most, but certainly not two. So that's why this stalemate is happening, and there's no fucking way that he's going to wear a purple uniform ever again, as far as I'm concerned. There's no way that's happening. And you can thank our, our owner that, like I have written down in the notes, that had the brain fart by guaranteeing $230 million for a guy that's been out of football for almost two years has caused all of this. Thank you, Jimmy Haslam, for doing what you did. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, Jimmy was asked about it at the owners' meetings, yeah. and, and, and and somebody, I think it was Jason Lloyd, but I can't recall, asked him about the Lamar thing, and Jimmy you know, decline comment as is the responsible thing to do mm-hmm. about another team's player. But they asked him about the contract and Jimmy just said, listen, I was just trying to do what's best for the Cleveland Browns. And honestly, I don't know how anyone can really argue with that. You know, you can't, it takes to get players to come to Cleveland. I don't care whether it's the guardians, the Cavs, or the Browns, these franchises often have to pay far more than their competition does across the league to get players to their respective cities. It just does. Sorry, Northeast Ohio. Yeah, because the Northeast Ohio doesn't sell itself. You have to overpay. Right. And so nobody in these leagues and no one in the NFL gives a shit when the Browns are in contention for a player and then fall short. No one cares. But when the Browns pony up and make it happen, everybody's upset. Well, then don't have a franchise in Cleveland, then. Honestly, if it because Cleveland has to play the game differently than they do when it comes That's to spending right. money to attract free agents. So if everybody else around the league is going to piss and moan about it, then just fold the fucking franchises in Cleveland. Because if, if, if you really give a damn about having a competitive balance in the league, Cleveland has to play differently when it comes to paying players to get them to come here, deal with it, or fold the damn franchise. And that's not happened because on one people speak out of both sides of their mouth because on one hand, they're like, oh, Cleveland's such a traditional franchise and we can't wait till they're good again. But then when the owner does what owners need to do to bring a good player into Berea, that the other side of their mouth, they're like, oh, he's overpaying and he's just making it tougher for all the other owners and oh, what a or it shouldn't have been that, that player you know shouldn't have been whatever. that player or whatever other com- fucking complaints they have well you can't have it both ways you can't wish that cleveland is good and then bitch when they do something nobody minds guys coming here and visiting and then walking out without a contract no one minds 
Jimmy Haslam swinging and missing on players and head coaches, you know, Chip Kelly ring a bell for years. No one minds, but when he finally fucking lands one, everybody's pissed about it. Well, listen, again, I'll reiterate, when it comes to bringing talent to Northeast Ohio, to Cleveland, all of these teams have to pony up for it. Not everybody's Jose Ramirez. You know, these teams have to pony up and good on Jimmy Haslam for doing it. I have not been the biggest Jimmy Haslam fan, but I absolutely supported what he did for Deshaun Watson and for the Cleveland Browns. I thought it was a baller move to bring somebody in here and refuse to let him go play for Atlanta. Cut the goddamn check and got the kid here to be the franchise quarterback. This team has never had since Otto Graham. Okay. So Good on Jimmy Haslam as owner. You can say what you want, but he fixed the franchise quarterback problem. Biggest problem the franchise has had since its inception. And it and it's his fucking money. And if he wants to guarantee $230 million, it's his goddamn name that's going to be on the check. So it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It only matters what he thinks. Yeah, and that, that contract's not going to look absurd in a couple years. You know, it's just no, not. it's not. No, because Daniel Jones is getting ridiculous. Con- People are getting ridiculous contracts that barely deserve them. So, yeah, in a couple of years, there's going to be people that are going to be making more than he's making. So it's not going to matter. You're right. All right, man. What do you say? Go Bra- I say go Browns. I say go Browns. I'll take your go Browns and I'll raise you a go Browns. Well, I'll raise, I'll take your raising of my go Browns and I'm going to say go fucking go Browns. All right. Ante up. Go Browns. All right. Cleveland Browns all day, all night.